Good day, Crime Talk aficionados. It is February 27th, 2024. And guess what? Everyone is getting court dates. Well, at least Brian Koberger and Alec Baldwin. Let's talk about the Lakin Riley murder case. Hey, sugar or bleach? Who can possibly tell the difference between the two? And then our dumb criminal of the day. Let's talk about it. Hi, lawyer. 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 Good day, everyone. My name is Scott Reich, and this is Crime Talk. Thanks for joining us. You know the drill. Subscribe if you haven't. Like if you do. Leave me a comment below, and make sure you hit that little bell for notifications. And remember, you can download us on any of your favorite podcasting apps. Now, today is Tuesday, which means we're going to go live tonight at 6 p.m. Mountain Time, so please join us. So you'll be able to join us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, so please join us. We'll be talking a little bit about the um, trial going on down in New Mexico um, regarding uh, the death of Helena Hutchins and why Alec Baldwin's gun could not have just gone off. And yes, I did bring my firearm very similar to the one that is used in the shooting. So please join us, 6 p.m. Mountain Time. All right, first on the docket, Brian Koberger is going to get a motions date. So the court has issued an order in the Brian Koberger matter stating that uh, based upon the defendant's motion to allow experts and investigators uh, access to protected access to view the IgG material, that's all of the genealogical information that the uh, prosecution used to corner down, pin on uh, the case against uh, Brian Koberger. And uh, defendants are also requesting a clarification of the sealed order regarding the disclosure of the IgG information and the protection order. And the state is also requesting a scheduling order. Uh, so the court is going to set a hearing tomorrow, February 28th at 1 p.m., We'll bring it to you live. And guess what? They are going to be scheduling a trial date. The court specifically notes that counsel should be prepared to address scheduling, both scheduling and oral argument on the defendant's motion for a change of venue, discovery cutoff deadlines, expert disclosure deadlines, deadlines for filing any pretrial motions, such as motions to suppress or motions in limine, and dates for trial. Now, I know this is a complex case. It's a death penalty case. But didn't we have all these pretrial dates set already? I'm not sure why everything begins again. But, hey, at least we're making some forward progress for the Brian Koberger case to get to trial. As you may recall, both the prosecution and the defense won a trial date set sometime in mid-2025. 2025, ladies and gentlemen. I just don't see it as that complex of a case. I really don't. Most jurisdictions, this case could get done in two weeks. And yes, it's gone on for a while now, but uh, we, most cases, this case would be tried, I would say, within two years. That's it. All right, next on the docket, Alec Baldwin. He's also getting a trial date. A New Mexico judge has set a trial date for Alec Baldwin on the uh, involuntary manslaughter charges stemming from the deadly shooting back in 2021 on the movie set Rust. The scheduling order calls for jury selection to begin on July 9th, with the trial starting the following day with opening statements by the special prosecutor and 
uh, Baldwin's defense attorneys if they choose to do one. Remember, the defense never has to say anything. Now, the um, trial is expected to last in Mr. Baldwin's case for about eight days. And according to the uh, order, all motions and final witness lists must be submitted by May 6th, which is about two months after the state has submitted their initial witness list that has about 32 names on it, including the film's armorer, Hannah Gutierrez. And we are live streaming her trial with you right now. You should check it out. And you should also see why they're talking about the gun and why, well, it just couldn't have gone off, which has been Alec Baldwin's defense and his statements all along. What have we said, ladies and gentlemen? It's always the defendant's own words that come back and bite them in the end. And I think his own words will come back and bite Mr. Baldwin. Now, obviously, if things don't go well for the prosecutors in the Hannah Gutierrez case, things will go well for Mr. Baldwin. However, if things go poorly for Hannah Gutierrez, they're probably going to go very poorly for Mr. Baldwin as well. Hannah Gutierrez's defense team is pointing the finger at Alec Baldwin. Alec Baldwin is going to point the finger at Hannah Gutierrez. It's going to get interesting. Now, as you may recall, Baldwin's team uh, filed for a request for a speedy trial to minimize his public vilification and suspicion and to avoid the hazards of proving innocence that often arises after a lengthy delay in the prosecution. Now, obviously, the defendant never has to prove his innocent. That burden always remains with the prosecution to prove their case as to each and every element of the offense charged beyond a reasonable doubt unanimously to a jury of 12 people. So Mr. Baldwin should know better that he does not have to prove his innocence. Now, as I noted, Baldwin has said that he pulled back the hammer, but not the trigger, and then the gun fired. Now, the subsequent analysis concluded that the trigger had to be pulled or depressed sufficiently to release the fully cocked or uh, retracted hammer on the um, revolver that uh, was involved in the incident. The uh, revolver is also a subject of the testimony in the uh, case of Hannah Gutierrez, which we've been bringing you today. Today's good stuff, and it shows the functioning of this particular revolver. So just like uh, Hannah Gutierrez, Alec Baldwin faces up to 18 months in prison if he is convicted. All right, next, let's talk about the Lakin Riley case. Now, the uh, illegal uh, immigrant charged with murdering Lakin Riley allegedly beat her so brutally with an unidentified object that he disfigured her skull, according to the arrest affidavit. Now, Jose Antonio Ibarra faces multiple murder and assault charges not thought to have known the 22-year-old nursing student when he allegedly kidnapped and killed her as she went for a run on the University of Georgia campus last Thursday. Now, the uh, cause of her death has only been given blunt force trauma with new charging documents accusing Mr. Ibarra of causing great bodily harm with an object without specifying exactly what the object was. Now, he was also charged with uh, aggravated battery for seriously disfiguring her body by disfiguring her skull, according to the arrest affidavit. And Mr. Ibarra is also charged with preventing Miss Riley from making or completing a 911 call with the intent to harm her 
when he allegedly snatched her during her run. It is then alleged that uh, he then dragged Riley's body to a secluded area, according to the affidavit for the arrest warrant, and um, concealed the student's death. Now, the suspect, Mr. Barra, faces eight charges, including felony murder, false imprisonment, and kidnapping, and concealing the death of another. Uh, Police say there is no evidence that uh, Mr. Ibarra knew Miss Riley. Now, additional details about the type of object used um, or or how Miss Riley was actually killed were not included in the affidavit. But what we do know is the attack took place sometime between 9 a.m. and 1 p.m. last Thursday, according to the arrest affidavit. Now, the Athens Clark County District Attorney, a woman by the name of Deborah Gonzalez, announced Monday that she is appointing a special prosecutor for the case. Uh, Ms. Gonzalez said that she's naming attorney Sheila Ross, whom she described as a knowledgeable and well-respected trial attorney, with the expertise ready to bring justice on behalf of Lakin Riley. Now, last year, Mr. Ibarra twice um, slipped through the hands of law enforcement and could have been deported after a bust in New York City, but... Well, he wasn't. He was arrested in uh, Queens, uh, a borough there in New York, on August 31st and charged with endangering a child. But he was released thanks to the no-bond policies before the immigration officials could file a request to ask local police to hold him in custody. Mr. Abara also was wanted on an arrest warrant in Georgia for blowing off a shoplifting court appearance in December. Now, ICE has confirmed what we basically already know. It was that Mr. Abara was in the country illegally. What the media hasn't really reported was that he was cited in Athens, Georgia for shoplifting in October, and there was a bench warrant for his arrest for failing to show up in court. Uh, We also know that Mr. Ibarra entered the United States illegally in El Paso back on September 8th of 2022 with his wife and her son seeking asylum and was later released for further proceedings. He ended up in New York City where he worked in the uh, food delivery and at an unnamed restaurant. And then on August 31st, The NYPD allegedly saw Ibarra riding a scooter with his five-year-old stepson on the uh, scooter with the child not wearing a helmet or restraints. Ibarra was charged with a felony and then ultimately released. Then October 27th, the uh, illegal was arrested at a Walmart in Athens, Georgia, and charged with shoplifting only to miss a court appearance and have a warrant issued on December 20th. Now, Riley, who transferred from the University of Georgia to the nearby Augusta University School of Nursing last year, is scheduled to have a memorial service this Friday. Now, this case obviously brings up a lot of issues, a lot of them political, a lot of them legal. The question is, is how did he get in? Well, Mr. Ibarra came across and he sought asylum. As you may recall, when one president was in office, you had to remain in Mexico before the authorities could determine whether you had a valid asylum claim. Asylum isn't just, hey, I want a new life. I want more uh, economic opportunities. It's, no, I am going to be killed for my political or religious beliefs, something along those lines. But then the new administration came in and said, the hell with it. Come on in, everybody. It's going to be great. And so here we are. Now, Am I saying that everybody who's coming across is a bad person? I am not. Let's face it, most of our families, if you reside here in the United States, obviously immigrated here to the United States at some point. The question was if people are going to do it legally. And I know a lot of people that have 
gone through the system legally are quite upset that all they had to do was just walk across the border. Now, obviously, those people that walk across the border should probably not get citizenship at any point in time until they leave the country. And obviously, if they've committed crimes in the United States, they aren't going to be able to get a green card or anything along those lines. But now, obviously, states are spending lots of money helping people that are arriving. And, and I get it. It's the nice thing to do. Uh, not the most fiscally conservative thing to do. But hey, why not just print some more money? Anyway, this is a preventable situation. It never should have happened. I know there are lots of things to get in place, but the reality of it is, is this gentleman, Mr. Ibarra, probably should not have been in the United States. Had he been turned over to ICE in New York when he was arrested on a felony, maybe this never would have happened. There's so many things. And yes, we can sit and speculate all day long, but the reality of it is there's lots of things that led up to it. Obviously, tragic loss for this young lady and her family under the circumstances. And yes, it was preventable. Heart goes out to the family. It doesn't look good for Mr. Ibarra. He will probably spend the remainder of his life in prison, and he will now be the poster child um, on political campaigns for both sides as to why the current um, immigration scheme is not working. We'll keep you posted on that. Next, bleach, sugar, who can tell the difference, right? Apparently not Yvette Diaz. She is accused of tainting the unsuspected victim's tea while her live-in boyfriend of three years was outside on the phone with his employer. Now, according to the rest affidavit there in Miami-Dade, the uh, document said that the man made tea and a tortilla meal after 5 p.m. on February 20th, but stepped out for a work-related call while Diaz remained inside of the residence. When the victim returned, police said, he offered Diaz a bite of a spicy tortilla to eat and uh, some of the tea to drink. But Diaz allegedly adamantly refused to drink the tea, leading investigators to suspect that uh, she must have known that the tea was not safe to drink when she exclaimed how spicy the tortilla was. He offered her his cup of tea, which she adamantly declined. The victim then took a large gulp from his cup and his throat started to immediately burn. The victim then noticed a strong smell of bleach coming from the cup. The victim immediately poured the drink into the sink, at which time he saw the remnants of a concentrated bleach tablet he used for dissolving uh, into five gallons of water in his cup. The victim turned to the defendant and stated, there's bleach in my drink. Did you put bleach in my drink? Though the defendant allegedly replied that she thought the bleach tablet was sugar. Police suggested in the affidavit that it could not have been an innocent mistake because where the sugar and the bleach were located in the kitchen. Specifically, they said it should be noted the sugar powder in form is kept in an upper cabinet in the kitchen while the concentrated chlorine tablet are kept under the kitchen sink. Mistakes. How did I how did she forget how to do that? Anyway, police said that Ms. Diaz asked for her lawyer, so they were not able to get her side of the story which is probably good because it wouldn't have been good. And under Florida law, a person who introduces, adds, mingles, any poison, bacterium, radioactive material, virus, or chemical compound with food, drink, medicine, or any product designed to be ingested, consumed, or applied to the body with intent to kill or injure another person commits first-degree felony. 
which is a crime punishable by up to 30 years in prison. I think I know when I got to court, I'd really want to make sure the judge know I've learned the difference between sugar and bleach. Anyway, the defendant remains in custody without bond, and arraignment is set for March 15th. And then finally, our dumb criminal of the day. Now, a Fort Myers uh, man is accused of breaking into Page Field in Fort Myers and attempting to steal an airplane before crashing into a fence yesterday. According to the Lee County Sheriff's Office, the suspect, a guy by the name of Bruce Plummer, broke into the airport overnight, which isn't difficult to do in most small fields. You just jump the fence. And the um, suspect uh, first got into one plane, and then after being unable to start it, he got into another. The sheriff states that the airport video shows a man exiting the first plane around midnight, and then the police report goes on to say that the video shows the tail and flaps of the second plane beginning to move, and then the left engine uh, turns on. The suspect was able to get the plane to move, but crashed into a pole and a fence shortly thereafter. At about 5.30 a.m., two maintenance workers noticed the plane on the ramp and the grass. It was broken uh, left wing where it hit a light pole. Well, what did they find in the plane? Well, they found a tactical vest and a magazine containing ammunition and an assault rifle that was found at the scene by the fence, by the police near the airport. And when the sheriff arrived at the scene, they saw the aircraft off the runway. The single door to the plane was open and no one was inside. The suspect was not found at the airport property, but deputies were able to track him down after reviewing the surveillance video at a nearby Circle K. Deputies say that um, Bruce bought uh, three fireball malts and a beef stick at the gas station before the incident. Blood and one empty fireball container were found inside the plane. Another was found outside the gate of the airport. Now, the gun found at the scene had a serial number, was searched, and it was found to register to old Bruce Plummer. Search warrant was issued for the home of Mr. Plummer in Fort Myers, where he was arrested. They found a credit card, and the credit card's uh, numbers and expiration, and expiration dates matched the uh, ones provided at Circle K. They also found several electronic items, surveillance cameras, ammunition, and a handgun in the helmet as well. The plane owner states that had it uh, been at Page Fields Airport for about nine months in maintenance, and he did not give anyone to take the plane for a joyride. They need that because if he had permission, he could take the plane. But my guess is he wouldn't have taken the plane uh, in the middle of the night. Just, just a guess. Anyway... Mr. Plummer faces charges of burglary, unoccupied conveyance of uh, uh, armed grand theft auto of $100,000 or more, and a possession of a bulletproof vest while committing certain offenses. Yes, that is a crime, ladies and gentlemen. Now, why is Mr. Plummer a dumb criminal of the day other than he got the beef sticks and the uh, fireball right before he thought he was going to go commit some crime? There's nothing to indicate that Mr. Plummer has a valid pilot's license and that he would know how to fly the multi-engine airplane. Now, Mr. Plummer is not stupid because if the plane was unlocked, most people don't realize this, you could probably steal a plane. I can tell you, Crime Talk 1, all you have to do, hook up the battery, go in there, hit the button, and engines begin to start. That's why airplane owners have to be very cautious to make sure your plane is locked up at all times when you are not there. Anyway... Mr. Plummer, you are our dumb criminal of the day. All right, I want to thank everybody for watching. Please join us at 6 p.m. Mountain Time. 
We will see you then. Thanks for watching. And remember, yes, the Constitution matters. Thank you.